Hey, this is Jake the Snake Roberts, and you're listening to Wolfie D, live and in color. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D, from his time in the territories with PG-13, to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits, and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. All right, folks, welcome once again to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. My man, Jimmy, across the street. And today we are going to be talking about our top 10. We like doing these lists. Uh, top 10 talkers. And we're, we're excluding managers because that's their fucking job. Right. Right. So yeah. we're going yeah. to only have wrestlers that are good on the MIC, spitting out the rounds of Jason. You guys said, Wolfie and D. Wolfie D. <laughs> What's going on, dude? Not much, brother. You know, it's funny. I think this is a great idea. Now, you know, when you brought in that caveat, I had to go scratch out a couple names, but I like the idea because what that gave me was the idea that we'll eventually do a top 10 <laughs> managers list, yeah. which, yeah. of course, is up my alley all the way. Yeah. So. You know, just speak on this real quick. The talkers, I mean, dude, this list, I just look at them and I know there's so many more, but this uh, list is some, yeah. this is some, this is the best. So, what does that tell me? Is that the best had to be talkers? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then some of these guys, man, on my list anyway, are, I mean, uh, I'm not giving nothing away. I was going to say something, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, when it comes to talking, man, you talk them into the building. That's always been the saying. Talk yes. them into the building. Yes. Uh, but you, you, there's plenty of wrestlers out there that can do the moves. They're technically great. They're flyers. They're this. They're that. But right. They can't draw you a fucking nickel because they can't talk them into the building. So right. It's all about pro wrestling, man. And and a lot of other sports have caught on to that, as in Muhammad Ali and boxing and this. Tyson Fury and uh, what, what the UFC and uh, Conor McGregor, yeah, totally. I, I lost my train of thought on his name, uh, but at any rate, that's that's uh, you know that's all pro wrestling, man. It totally is, dude. And I mean, every what did everybody say when Conor McGregor started kicking up? He sounds like pro wrestling. I mean, yeah. that's what that's what it said. So, <laughs> you know, that's funny, man. So, you know. I don't want to give too much away on my list, but you know, one thing we do got to mention right now is, you know, that apparently Jerry Lawler, we don't have a lot of details, but Jerry Lawler's not doing so hot, man. What have you heard, Wolfie D? Uh, just, and, and keep in mind to the listeners, this is probably going to be almost a week later by the time you hear this. So we'll, we'll absolutely know more uh, at that point when you're right. listening. But right now this is new to us. And, uh, so all I know that I saw, and it's it's uh, ironic in a way that he, he's not the best at getting back to you real quick or whatever. But I had I needed his uh, advice on something uh, yesterday, last night, as a matter of fact, and I texted him and called him, and it got no response from either one. So I don't know if that had anything to do with that or he was just like fuck off, Wolfie. But you know, we hope the king's all right. You, you know, he's, he's had the heart attack, so. Right. We hope you drop the strap, King. Hope everything's good. He's a national treasure, especially for us, you know. So hopefully hopefully everything is good and maybe the rumors of his demise have been greatly exaggerated, as they say. So 
let's just hope that it's not that bad. Right. For sure. You know, I mean, you know, I don't want to kind of cut off from this very serious moment here, but of course, last week's show was with Ryan Von Rocket. Man, uh-huh. great show. Great time for him. Uh-huh. Great time, you know, to have him on. He was a real cool show guest. You know, he, he was something. <laughs> show guest? <laughs> he, I can't talk today, man. <laughs> show girl or what? He was a show guest. Yeah, okay. but... <laughs> Anyway, he was a good guest and he actually, you know, it was it was a lot of fun, man. I think it gives a perspective on a different side of the business, especially, you know, with OVW. And I can't wait to see how many podcasts Ryan gets to do now, you know, because <laughs> it, it seems that people catch fire uh, after <laughs> on our show, which is <laughs> ironic to me. I mean, you know, hey, we, we're glad we can help, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, man, you know, I, I know you got a busy year coming up. What's funny, I wanted to save this for the air. So last night I was up late working on the show and doing my thing. And all of a sudden I receive a text message <laughs> that Jamie Dundee has an idea for a segment. So keep what? your... Keep your eyes peeled and your, yeah, he didn't reply much other than that, but yeah, he's got an idea for a segment. So, he, you know, he, put that on there? he did, he did. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how, you know, we'll see what happens and where it goes, but right. just, you know, stay tuned to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. The guy that's the worst person in the world about uh, getting back to you or anything like that. Anybody will tell you he's the absolute worst. Well, he didn't reply to me. All he did was tell me. I mean, so that that idea might have lasted in his brain. It might have lasted like a a complete three minutes. And right. right. It's gone. He's like, well, they ain't there. So I'm not going to say anything else. Yeah. So, <laughs> so knock on wood. Let's uh, let's take a break, man. Let's come back and let's get this list rolling. What's funny is, you know, I was going to say, speaking of Jamie, speaking oh. of talkers. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Go with it. No, I like what you said. Let's get this list rolling. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, folks, to get your official Live and in Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, Go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, we're back. And let's get this show on the MF and Road, Jimmy. I know everybody's ready to hear our great list because... We just have the best list, uh, I guess. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm ready to get it rocking and rolling. And as we said, no managers on this list. This is just wrestlers. The best on the MIC. Yes. After Ronald J.C. I can't even say MIC anymore without following it with that. So <laughs> sorry. Um, but it's right. a good I'm, thing that they don't. They MIC aren't that way in the alphabet then, because you'd be like A B C D M I C spitting out the rhymes with anyway. M I C K E Y. So, I am going to start us off here, and I just got a text message from Kevin Lawler. 
uh, that says, because uh, I had texted him about what's going on with the, his dad, and it says he had a stroke in Florida. I'm on my way there. So it, that's confirmed. Uh, Dang. King's had a stroke. And if we want to be like Fox News, we'll keep you updated, because I'm going to send another message back here real quick. Yeah. Give me one second. Um, all right. Sorry, folks. Um, all right. So we're going to start this off uh, with my number 10. And my number 10, the reason I put him on here, because he's like one of those dudes that it wasn't flashy. It wasn't, uh, you know, the woos and the, and, the, and the catchphrases and all that stuff. But it was delivered in such a way that it made you believe he was a tough guy. He's going to beat your ass. Uh, and he also cut one of these promos on me, by the way. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, but my number 10 is double A, Arn Anderson. Oh, uh, yeah. And oh, dude! I may have told this story before, and I actually told it back to him at last year at Ric Flair's last match. I saw him, and I said, "You probably don't remember this." I said, "But we—I was working for WCW. Obviously, he was too. And uh, I had a little lady friend uh, sitting with me, and uh, she wanted Arn's autograph in order to uh, uh, continue the evening with me, or whatever." Sure. Sure. So I, said, <laughs> I, said, I said, hang on. So I go up there. Orange drinking. I've been drinking. I said, hey, man. I said, uh, do me a favor, man. I said, can you give me your autograph so I can give it to this chick over here? Blah, blah, blah. This motherfucker went off. <laughs> he called me all kinds of white boys and <laughs> all kinds of this <laughs> fucking jabroni goof motherfucker. I can't believe you would even ask me that. Blah, blah, blah. He went off on me. I'm going to give you the only thing I got left. Not a spot, not a spot. I'll give you my spot. And the day, it was like, I was like, holy fuck, man. I was telling Jamie and Jeff and stuff. I was like, fuck, I think Orm was trying to fucking fight me last night over this shit. <laughs> and then I, when I saw him the next day at the TV taping, he's like, hey, kid, how you doing? I heard we almost got a fight last night. <laughs> hey, kid. Yeah. So anyway, I went up to him at Ric Flair's gimmick and uh, I told him that. And he he was very, he didn't remember, but he was like, oh my God. He, he didn't remember, you know, he's kind of apologetic and stuff. And he, yeah. he kind of laughed at it, but he was also apologetic at the same time. So that's my funny Arn story and him cutting his promo on me. So that's that what is, So what happened with the lady? <laughs> uh, Never well, mind. Never yeah. mind. I didn't need the autograph. <laughs> I understand. Okay. <laughs> Double A is awesome. Double A is an amazing promo. He didn't actually make my list, but man, I tell you, as far as straight up to the point, but also well-versed with his words, right. like you could tell that he was confident in the words that he was saying. Right. And, you know, sometimes people say bigger words than their IQ should, you know, but double A, it's, it always seemed legit. You know, he's the guy that actually created the term, the four horsemen, you know, so yeah. the, where basically what he says is not since the four horsemen of the apocalypse, have there been such a, you know, powerful crew. And that is a total, you know, misquote, but long story short, that's, that's Arn and Arn is the man, you know? So Arn is one of those guys that his mouth met his ability and, you know, flares did, you know, there's so many guys that the mouth and ability did sometimes the mouth was more and sometimes the ability was more, but Arn was one of those that met in the middle with both, you know, Absolutely. Absolutely. anyway, 
And before you before you do your number ten, uh, yeah. uh, just yeah. another breaking news, quick update. If we had that little, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, the fox sound thing. Yeah. Um, but I asked Kevin, I said, how bad is it? And he re- has replied back, don't know. I think he's kind of okay. So that's good news. That is great news. Hopefully. Yeah. That's hopefully like, you know, King ain't no weakling, you know, no. King's the man. So hopefully now again. Okay. So my number 10, man, I, on my list, it almost came out a little weird and some people are going to be like, holy crap, this kid's an idiot, but <laughs> guy, this guy's an idiot. But my number 10 is the you know could be number one for a lot of people let's just say that but my number 10 is stone cold steve austin here's why i have him at number 10 first of all my nine through one i just feel like are almost impenetrable he did have some quotes that stood out he he said things in a very direct manner a little more animated than arn but Mm -hmm. What he said and how he said it, you believe that he could kick your ass. And, you know, I mean. Austin 316 says. I mean, exactly. Stone Cold says. So, you know, (laughs) but I just never, I don't feel like he got the credit that somebody like The Rock did. You know, the, The Rock being a little more bombastic. But the only thing I didn't like as much about The Rock than I did Stone Cold is that The Rock didn't write a lot of his stuff. The Rock actually had a writer that he was working with, with Brian Gerwitz. So oh, yeah. now I'm not saying he wrote everything for The Rock. I'm not saying that at all. Please. Have the delivery, you know, regardless. And, right, you know. right, and, exactly. And Stone Cold's, um, I mean, you're right on the way he delivered stuff, but also what got him over the most was the birds and the the angles and the shit that he did. Sure. Not much what he said. You know, sure. I mean, did don't get me wrong because uh, uh, I'll go ahead. My number nine is Austin. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we're, we're we're thinking alike on that. And but I just think the you know he, he would be up higher. But I I just think that his angles and uh, fuck given the stunner and, and that's really all he had to do. And and God knows the dude can work his ass off. But like stunning Steve was actually a better wrestler than Stone Cold Steve was. I think. Oh, uh, totally, totally. But, but he didn't. He he changed to match what he what he needed there, you know. And, and kudos for that. Totally. I mean, that's a that's a great point. I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of what you do when you change gimmicks. You change the gimmick. You change everything. Right. And and maybe that's what made him the successful because he did go to a more brawling style. But you're right, stunning Steve. I mean, but stunning Steve was great on the microphone. He just never got a chance to talk hardly. Yeah. So it, it would have been interesting. But I mean, it's funny that your number nine is my you know because th- yeah. that I, I'm I'm worried that this list is going to be kind of a lot of doubles but hey i'm cool with that you know i think this one more than our other stuff there's probably a (laughs) whole lot of doubles on this one i really feel that way yeah uh so i feel like we're playing uno now and i just hit you with the what is it the reverse card or whatever right back Back to to me yeah so number nine for you was stone cold number nine for me we've just been talking about him our hearts our (sighs) thoughts everything with him this is the king the one true king of professional wrestling jerry the king lawler now 
He's my number nine, but here's why. And I, I just, again, if you, once you hear my eight through one, I think you may understand a little bit, but at the same time, you could have made the same list. So what am I saying here? But I feel like Jerry was one of those guys that had the ability to talk the people in the building uh. and he did not come up in the time of nationwide TV and things like that. His right. TV was almost damn near a hundred percent of the city that his show came on in and the surround in the territory he came up yeah. in. Yeah. And he was one of those guys that could talk you into driving to Memphis on a Monday night. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's, He's the guy that could talk you into going to the building in your town and seeing him wrestle, whether you wanted to love him or hate him. You know, Jerry is one of those guys that his quick wit, you know, I'm not talking about announcer Jerry. We'll do a show about announcers, and that one is Lance Russell. But when we get to that show, we'll we'll talk about the greatest announcers. I'm talking about Jerry Lawler, the professional wrestler here, and he absolutely is one of the greatest talkers. So, uh, and, I, and I agree with that, and, and I'll go ahead and tell you, he is not on my list, believe it or not. And the gotcha. reason is because, like, I think Lawler's should, yeah, he could talk you into the building, but in a sense, he almost didn't have to. You had right. Lance Russell to uh, help talk him into the building because Lance, uh, whether people really understand or not, played such a part in the success of Memphis wrestling uh, because he made it seem so legit, man, just by the things, his reactions, the things he would say, stuff like that. And, and Lawler, to me, was more of an in-ring draw, uh, one of the best in-ring wrestlers and uh, ring generals, ring psychologists, whatever you want to call it. Uh, sure. He, he was great in that manner. And when he pulled the strap down, everybody in Memphis believed, holy shit. You know what I mean? It was like uh, Clark Kent ripping open his shirt and showing you the S. Uh, right. Um, Right. So that's that's why he's not on mine because I don't feel that he really had it. And, and yes, the quick wit and all that. And to me, like his character, uh, WWE character as a commentator, is almost a better talker uh, than Jerry was as a wrestler back in the day. You know? Um, sure. Sure. I, I don't know. I, I apologize if that uh, is a sucky answer or whatever, but that's just kind of the way I see it. So no, and, and that makes total sense. You know. We are going to uh, my number eight. Yes. And anytime that you have your own quote unquote talk show on a, on a wrestling uh, show, <laughs> you can talk. And he was one of the first to do it uh, with Piper's Pit. And that's uh, obviously Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, like like you just said, I will tell you this, that I do believe he is in the top 10 greatest talkers of all time. And yeah, I, he's not, we're not close enough to talk about that yet, but, <laughs> but Rowdy Roddy Piper to me. He's in my, he's on my Mount Rushmore, you know? So, I mean, yeah. and to think of talking and, and he, he is definitely one of the guys. If you think, if somebody were just to say great promos and talking, Piper's one of the guys you think of, you know, it, it just comes into your mind and yeah, man, there's no question about that. I mean, and Piper's pit is legendary. You yeah. Know? The, the coconut and Jimmy Snuka and, and there's plenty of other examples. But that's probably the, the most memorable but just he was just a great talker, man, and that's why he was like the top heel, and that's why he was kind of the top heel on the cartoon, and you know that's why he is and was what he was, you know. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, to not go into that any further, (laughs) (laughs) my number eight is actually uh, arguably what you would consider his arch nemesis. And some people are going to be like, are you kidding me? He's at number eight on your list of top 10. But to me, he he was a little one-sided with his promos, but when it comes down to it, you know, I am a real American Hulk Hogan. Hulkster is number eight on my list. And, you know, the Hulkster, to me, he has some of the most memorable promos of my childhood. My only thing about him was they kind of got repetitive in a bit. You know, he had his gimmicks. But I, in right. a sense, I can argue that they all did, you know. but Exactly, exactly. Once you find your your niche and your catchphrases and your your words that work and people know you by and all that, you know, it's easy to get caught up and just kind of keep rolling with the formula. Uh, as they say, what brought you to the dance, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, he's, <laughs> he's higher up on my list, but uh, <laughs> I mean, cause he, he changed the game, man. He did. He did. Uh, that mic work had a lot to do with it. You know, it does because it, it, his, his in ring now, you know, you go back and you look at some old school Hulk Hogan before he was really over and all that. Hulk could work, man. He could sure. Uh, I've seen some Japan stuff and, you know, uh, exchanges, you know, that he never did as the real American Hulk Hogan, you know. But he, he could work, man. But, again, like we were talking with Austin, Hogan didn't fucking have to, man. He had to do just a few things and talk. The big boot, the leg drop, the you know clotheslines, and and the Hulk up, you know the Hulk up was it, man. Right. Once he started fucking shaking and <laughs> puffing his cheeks out, it was like Lawler's strap, the equivalent of that. And you know, I've often wondered. This is a little bit off topic, but I've often wondered because Jerry never pulled the strap in WWE. I don't. I want to say never, but I don't think he. Uh, and I don't know if that was the reason, uh, because they thought you know maybe that was too close to being Hulk Hogan or something like that. You never know in this business, but uh, sure. he, he never really got that part of his persona over in, in WWF elemental P. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, Hulk, uh, the, one of the greatest. Absolutely. But it's so funny what he said, a lot of other guys took and it almost became a joke. Like, let me tell you something, brother. And yeah. look here, yeah. look here, you know, and you know, yeah. these kinds of things that guys would repeat after hearing a Hulk Hogan promo yeah. and it would not sound the same, but Hogan saying it, it's like he could almost say the most cliched stuff and sound amazing because he kind of created that, you know? So look here, dude, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah. Dude and brother. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, he could have been on the highest peak of this list and it's understandable, but I, I just feel like my top seven now are, are so awesome. So anyway, <laughs> well, I'm going to go with my number seven and, uh, and this is one that, Absolutely, his. I don't think a lot of people remember just how uh, good he was on the mic because of the in-ring stuff and the uh, the gimmick and how original the gimmick was and how intimidating uh, he was. But I can say one word, and you're gonna know who it is. Well, well, 
Hawk was great on the mic. He said some off the wall, batshit crazy stuff, but for him it made sense and it was good. And I mean, God reds both of them. So Animal was not the talker of the group. It was was Hawk. And then you had Paul Ellering, but I even think that they really didn't need. Maybe at the beginning, but Hawk didn't need Paul to talk for him. No, no, he Hawk didn't. Hawk was really good. We snack on danger. We dine on death and dead men don't make money. That's Hawk, man. Yeah. And, uh, I think he's absolutely one of the top 10 talkers of all time. And he would always say stuff like severed spleen and like busted <laughs> yeah. upper cortex and just like, <laughs> yes. you know, and it, did it, okay. Let me ask you this as a fellow massive road warriors fan, almost when Paul got the mic, I was bored. I was like, no, not him. You know, because yeah. animal would be like, tell him hawk and then it's like well you know and then he gets into the like you know talking about what you were saying snack on danger and dine on death like that was the guy you could tell that hawk actually put some work into his promos you know what i mean he thought about what he was wanting to say but animal was kind of like let me tell you you know he was kind of straight ahead but hawk was the more you know yeah but that's that's why they were the road warriors, man, because they don't come around that often. People that just mix that well and have the perfect gimmick and for the perfect guys, the, the perfect style. And yeah. like, I think that his promo work absolutely uh, helped them become what they became. Oh, 100 percent. Because even even guys like, you know, like we've talked about the powers of pain, they couldn't talk really, you no. know. And, and demolition could, but it was not as good as the as the Road Warriors. And it, it's just kind of that whole package of, you know, once again, somebody putting a package together of something that they're saying and doing and feeling. And, man, once you do all that, you're good to go. So I totally agree. Hawk should be on my list. He is not, unfortunately. But, man, I tell you what. Of a Road Warriors fan. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, Robert Gibson and Ricky aren't on my list either. (laughs) But you know what's funny is I was talking to my brother. I got to say this, okay? While we're talking about, because the Road Warriors and Rock and Roll are so high on my list. So Ricky would do stuff like this. Ricky would say, you know, brother, we're going to come in there. We're going to rock and roll. We're going to dance all night. You know, whatever, this kind of thing. Robert's promos were this. Yeah, Dave, what we're going to do? We're going to go in there. First of all, we're going to lock up. Then we're going to do a couple moves. Then I'm going to double drop kick. Then I'm gonna pin him one two three and we'll go go home it's like you just told the deal for the match robert you didn't say i mean you were like you we're broke gonna, down the match yeah we're gonna lock up we're gonna do a few moves we're gonna do a double drop kick and we'll go go home i'm gonna grab a headlock tackle yeah. drop down leap over yes exactly yes, it's exactly. Arm tagging ricky tagging ricky he's gonna take some heat yeah <laughs> i'm gonna come in for the hot tag oh man that's exactly what it would be because that's just what robert's promos were like so <laughs> anyway sorry we went from the road warriors to the rock and roll but that's just how i work so anyway my number seven is someone who actually is kind of similar to Hawk in the in the mindset of their promos. He's a little more of a wordsmith, but he says crazy off-the-wall stuff because he is crazy and off-the-wall, and that is my main man from Texas, Terry Funk. Uh, Terry, to me, is one of those guys that his voice is part of it. You know, the thing that's kind of, you know, like, and that's a little more Paul Bear than I was trying to do there, but anyway... <laughs> Terry had that voice and he almost, you know, like when he was saying to Lawler, my eye, 
guy, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and there's and, one, there's one Terry Funk promo. You probably heard it. Uh, where he legitimately can't think of Tojo's name. Yeah. And he's sitting there going, what is his name? <laughs> oh, that Japanese, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he legit can't think of Tojo's name. That was a shoot. He couldn't fucking remember his name. It's <laughs> so funny, man. And that's just Terry Funk right there. But it came across naturally. You know what I mean? Who else? Who else can cut a promo, forget their opponent's name, and still pull off a good promo? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, who could? I mean, tell me. You know, because that's, I don't know anybody. But, you know, and the funny thing is Funk could go weird with his promos. But then I just recently saw a promo that he cut with Shane Douglas, where he it's at the very early part of ECW, and it's him and Shane in an angle. And Terry doesn't bring his his voice above this ever. He's like, yeah. you know, Shane, I'm going to tell you, you, you know, I'm an old man now and you're calling me an old man and that doesn't feel too good. But also when you call me an old man, when you supposedly think you're going to beat me, does, what, what does that mean? You beat an old man. He said, but however, when I kick your ass and it's just like yeah. yeah but he doesn't ever take it above that level and it fit the moment it fit the seriousness of it and it just shows you the levels that terry funk could work in you know what i mean yeah yeah Absolutely. again all these dudes are geniuses in pro wrestling you know what yeah. i'm saying so it, again it was hard to make the damn list and then yeah. it was harder once i put down 10 names to get them in the order was <laughs> hard as well yeah. So yeah, we're going to my number six, correct? Yes, number six. My number six is kind of like what you just said as far as the promo style. Uh, very uh, low voice, uh, maybe every now and then bring it up. But he told an intimidating uh, story when he would talk. Been on our show, we talked about it, uh, Jake the Snake. I love, And again, someone else that had a... A show, the snake, what they call it, snake pit. And, you know, if you've got your own show, you can talk. So uh, he, he always had the most just kind of like chilling um, uh, promos. So that's why he made my list. You know, his in-ring work obviously was great, but I, I really liked the way he delivered his shit. And, and again, using using good words and it just it was different to me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what's so funny? You, this is your number six, right? So my number six is Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so so I'm telling you, Jake had that level just like I was talking about. Terry Funk took that level, but Jake kept that level. And his reasoning, you know, I, we've said this a million times, but the reasoning behind that is Jake would say stuff, you know, to bring the people to listen to you, you know, to focus yeah. in, you know. And it was so different than everybody else's promo at that time, right. too. You know, that's was, that's a whole uh, other thing not yeah. a lot of screaming and yelling from him at all as to where most guys of that um era it was a lot of hollering and shit you know he was it, yeah yeah think about it in the regards of the greatest dudes at that time i mean i don't want to name their names because we're probably going to name them in a minute but yeah. if you think of all the greatest names even the top dog we've already said his name hulk hogan you know he was a yeller, and I mean, he really didn't bring it down from that very much. Yeah. And Jake was the total opposite of that. And it was so cool because even if they were in the same room, standing side by side, you still would draw focus into Jake once Jake started talking, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And you, 
and I don't remember who, but I just remember early on having been given advice on how to how to talk. It was don't yell all the time. And I know that I did a little bit because that's just that's all I knew to do. I, I can think of a specific uh, spot where uh, one, two, three kid, lightning kid, whatever he was at that time, X-Pac. But he was one, two, three, I think. And yeah. it was a thing on TV. And Jamie's like, you want some of us? Get him, Wolf. And <laughs> then Jamie goes, he actually stops me. He goes in, takes some bumps. And then I grab the mic. Why don't you pick on somebody your own size? And I, I said it so gruffly and quick and loud that you almost couldn't understand what the fuck I said. So right. that's when I would think I was told, you know, hey, bring it down a notch, you know. And if I was doing that same thing now, it would have been so much different. And I probably would have milked it a bit and not just screamed it and ran in the ring, and which is what I did. So, yeah, right. so got to bring it down a bit and, and let them focus on what you're saying and and calm the fuck down, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, if you think back on that, I mean, you think like, like you said, milk it, all that would have meant was more time for you, you know, on the microphone. So, yeah. So, well, I mean, Hey, you know, it's funny that we doubled up there here and there on this part of the list. I imagine top five is going to get even more (laughs) doubled up, but I say this, let's take a quick break here. You check on their man King and we'll be right back. We'll go listen to a couple messages, maybe one with old Benji Bowie or something, you know, so we'll, we'll be right back after these messages. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors. And we'll be right back with more live and in color with Wolfie D. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. And we are back with more of the top 10 greatest talkers of Baby profession. Back. <laughs> All right, sorry. Sorry. We are back. Du, 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 du. We are back. I like that. We'll keep that. Yeah. Save that idea. I like that. So anyway, we're going to go with our five through one. Now, again, if you don't mind, Wolfie D, I'm going to take the lead on this one. That way we can kind of be fair with one another here, you know. So you had number 10 and I'm going to take number five. So my number five, you know, our last number six, we doubled up and and I'm I'm feeling like probably five through one is going to be a lot of the same. So my 
number five. Oh, yeah, the macho madness. Now, here's my thing. Why I put him on the list higher than Hogan. One is Macho was not 6'8 or 6'6 or whatever. And he did more with his voice. Now, again, Hogan couldn't wrestle like Macho Man. Hogan didn't have the crazy bouncing ball energy of the Macho Man. But again, a 6'8 dude acting like that didn't make sense. But Macho, what I love about Macho was his voice. I mean, if you somebody just says... Oh, yeah. yeah. You know who they're talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, Dig it's it. legendary. Dig it. Dig it. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs> I mean, they saw it. The Slim Jim people saw it. Yeah, exactly. And, the Slim Jims. Yes. And, and that's also my number five. So, <laughs> off Dublin. Uh, you're number four. I'll be the same probably, but anyway, uh, yeah. So Randy Savage, one of the classic ones that even has a T-shirt for it, the cream of the crop promo. Uh, yes, yes. Pulling fucking uh, little coffee creamers and out of fucking air, it's, it seemed. Uh, just man, that voice and man, he fucking talked like that. Man, people wondering. I know. Yeah. Like that? Yes, he fucking did. He talked yes. just like that. Uh, you know, I've told the story of, of him being on the show in Mississippi at uh, Ole Miss, and then me and Jamie just happened to go to a little dive bar that he also chose that night, and he called us over, and uh, when he called us over there, uh, th- that voice was the same, you know? Yeah. Because I had yeah. never talked to him, uh, personally, and that night, man, it was that, yeah, I, I like you guys stuff. It's really good. You know, it wasn't as intense, you know, but it right. was the right. same fucking voice, man. So, right. Incredible wrestler, incredible promo. I, I've said it a hundred times. Randy Savage does not get the fucking credit, even though everybody knows his name. Uh, everybody knows your name. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that he gets the credit as far as like Flair and Hogan and The Rock and Austin and and, and I think he's as good, if not better, than all of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He and it's arguable that he should be number one on the list. But again, Macho Man was at a time that you know there was Piper, there was Hogan, there was so many superstars going on in the business, and for him to stand out. Yeah, I mean, he kind of had to do what he did. Now, his voice, dude, if you think about it, if his he came from his dad's promotion, which was an outlaw promotion. They were considered an outlaw, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And they came in ICW, man. And, you know, he made his name, got to go through the Memphis territory, of course, once they kind of brought them in to work together. And then he goes to WWE. But at the same time, dude, I mean, he could have easily, I don't think this would have happened, but if something would have chosen a different path, he could have ended up in baseball had things happened a different way, you know? Can you imagine that dude in baseball? I mean, he could have been (laughs) the most legendary baseball player of all time because of his talking ability, you know? Yeah. Who knows if that would have even been given a chance, you know? So, I don't know, man, but... With the fucking ball, I'm gonna charge the mound. Away. I'm gonna throw it at you, brother, yeah. <laughs> I just watched that one you're talking about, the cream of the crop. He comes in with the... He's like, me and Gene's like, oh my God, what's he gonna do? He's got that little half and half creamer cup. The cream of the... <laughs> right. the top. Yeah. yeah, and dude, macho man, you know... Wait. 
you know, of course, the the high, tight shoulders and the the finger twirl. Yes. Inky and the the the, the pointing and just it, even the the mouth the way he did his mouth and every now and then the the tongue would kind of come out like a lizard you know yes. he, he had it all man he had he it did. all Very he totally, that's why people remember it yeah he he did and he totally was so unique and so just so real it just felt like even though he was flashy and 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 bombastic but it just felt like so real you know if you saw me wearing what he wore you know walking down the the road you would be like that dude is a freaking nut like <laughs> Yeah. Put him away and throw away the key. Yeah. And if you see Macho Man wearing it, it looks normal. It's <laughs> like that dude's real. Look at him. Yeah. He's he's going to work, I bet. You know, <laughs> like he's you know, I don't know about you, but I'm with it. Dig it, dig it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And he just a man. I, I tell you, like I said, we can talk all day about Macho Man, but yeah, that's that's our number five, I guess, right? So yeah, our number five. So so yeah. Well, my number four. This one may not be on your list, but it would be kind of cool if it is. Is I think you may know this person almost as well as anybody in the wrestling business. And while I say this with a very straight face, when you talk to this person and hear him, it's a very hard thing to do to keep a straight face. But my number four, and I say this and I'll say this in front of anybody, my number four of the top 10 greatest talkers in pro wrestling is Jamie. JC Ice, by God, Dundee. Seriously. You were correct. He's not on my list. And the only reason being, Jamie could be so much better. And and yes, he's in person. It's hilarious. And it is hard to keep a straight face. And the shit that he would say on the mic sometimes, you know, especially when he was uh, like, you know, getting on the people and stuff. Uh, But sometimes I just felt like, and, and it's just part of Jamie of, the words that would come out, you know how you say some of these guys that have been on this list, very smart dudes. You know what I'm saying? And Jamie's stuff sometimes showed his redneckisms, but in a, I guess in the argument on that could be that that was part of the appeal, I guess. But it's hard for me to judge it because I was with him all the time. And, you know, I see just as well as I saw and heard my own mistakes i saw and heard his so that's kind of hard for me to throw him on the list with these guys but jamie is great and 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 like i said maybe part of the appeal is you're just like this motherfucker's stupid and crazy you know it's kind of wild yeah yeah do you think maybe you were too close to it and and now that you know like you you saw it every day so you were like okay Yeah. I, I, you you start to pick up the imperfections in it or something to that effect, where as fans of Jamie and you are less likely to see those imperfections because we kind of see it with rose colored glasses where we don't yeah. really. And, and I mean, obviously, like I said, there's some appeal to it because fuck, look at the numbers he got on our show. Look at the numbers he gets on anything that he goes and talks on people. Right. It's it's like they're waiting on the car wreck to happen. That's why they watch NASCAR, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's it. And 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 like you said, maybe I I, I was am too close to it um, to uh, put him in there with the and and also just my 
my qualifications for my list, he doesn't meet all of them to me. And I right. and, and and maybe that's not for everybody. And I and I love Jamie like a brother. You know that. So anyway. No, and I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with that, and I think you're exactly right, and, you know, we can go there, but the the one thing that I'll say about it is, is every time that I think of somebody literally, you know, Jamie, I just think of that time when he was in the ECW, y'all were up in the ECW, and he was telling them how dumb and stupid they all were, and they loved him, they lapped it up, you know, so, I don't, you know, it, it, maybe I'm a little more... And maybe he's a little higher than most people would put him on, but I, I you know, hey, it's my list, right? <laughs> right. So yeah. we're at my four. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We've already talked about the dude. Uh, Hulk Hogan would be my number four. And what's you gonna do when Hulk Hogan and his little hosters rumble all over you? Um, Hulk Hogan did talk you into the building. Um, I know kind of what you were saying. It got repetitive, but. It was still, uh, he changed the fucking game, man. And yeah. that work had so much to do with it. Um, and the Hulk up and just being who he was and looking how he looked, it was just the perfect storm at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, I'm giving him a little less credit than I probably should have. But Hogan also had a great run of promos as Hollywood, you know? I mean, yeah. It, it changed even though it didn't. And, you know, the funny thing is, is he always added an ite after certain names, like my brothers, the NWO whites and the, and the, yeah. the, the, the skis and the stirs and the, you yeah. know, the wolfster or the wolf ski, you know, or, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, dude, he's, what's funny is Hogan gets himself across, even though Jimmy Hart is usually right there beside him somewhere, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. And Jimmy is, is, you know, possibly one of the greatest talkers as well, but that's on a different list. Right. But anyway, Hogan, Hogan got himself across in a time that people thought he was going to be gone and he got himself across again as Hollywood. So yeah. anyway, and you can even do his promos. I don't know if you've seen this uh, on the interweb, but there's a Hulk Hogan promo done in reverse. Yeah. It is still good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so creepy, good. It's crazy, but good. Yes, yes. I've yeah. actually seen a guy do it to where it's just the breaths. <laughs> it's like. <gasps> 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 That's, that's WCW Deep Cuts on Twitter. If you go on there, look him up. That that guy is great. And he actually cut a whole video of just Hogan breathing in between his words. And it was just impressive. So anyway, yeah. But I mean, the, what more can you say about probably the greatest of all time, Hulk Hogan? I mean, he, like you said, he innovated. He made the game that, I mean, and you know, if you listen to him, he said he took a lot from Billy Graham and Jimmy Valiant and those guys. Guys, if you listen to him, it took some from Dusty, which all those guys took their thing from Muhammad Ali, which is funny because Muhammad Ali said he took his from wrestling. So yeah. it's like a weird, you know, never ending infinity symbol there of who took who first. But yeah, there's so much there that you have know. a 
going forward here, these we're, we're at top three now. Yeah. If these top three are not the same, I will be shocked. Maybe not the same order, but I am willing to bet money these top three are going to be the same. So I, I'm, I'm ready to hear your number three. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, I've killed that because maybe our top two will be because number three is someone you've already mentioned, but it's the hot Scott. It's the rowdy one, Rowdy Roddy Piper, mm. number three to me. I, I loved Piper. I felt like Piper actually was one of those guys that could absolutely talk and talk and talk and never, ever, ever, you know, he was always original with his words. He actually, to me, was better he was so good compared to the guys that he would talk to that sometimes they seemed upstaged you know and yeah. to me you know he also did those great quotes like you know just when you think you've got all the answers i change the questions you know that doesn't make yeah. a damn bit of sense but it does when piper <laughs> says it you know and you know, and then of course the 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 words that he said in in that movie they live, where he's like, "I came here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum." You know, yeah. so dude, I mean, I know we covered him earlier. There's not a lot more we said, but you're just like he he had his own interview segment. You know, he he always degraded people on his show, even though yeah. they came out there and they felt like they were part of the show at first, and then all of a sudden he's like, "You know, you're pretty dumb, don't you?" You know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but great. I just I, I love Piper again. He's one of the guys that's on my Mount Rushmore. So anyway, we've talked about him. Why don't you tell us your number three, good man? My number three, if you will, is the son of a plumber. Oh uh, wow! Okay, Green Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, uh, a lot of people. I don't feel that I have a great Dusty impression, but uh, that's one that a lot of people can do. Yes. Uh, and the things he would say, he was relatable to the people so much. And his charisma, man, he just, uh, everybody knows Dusty was a fucking genius in the business. And there's just not a lot to say other than he's my fucking number three because he's Dusty Rhodes and the shit he said and his delivery and his charisma. Dude, they tried to make a fucking joke out of him in WWF. But he fucking pulled it off. They couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. They couldn't do it. But they yeah. tried. Right. Fucking different pizzas and shit. Come on, man. Yeah. But, uh- Anyway, Dusty's my number three. Dusty's number three, and Dusty's number two for me, actually. So, you know, Dusty to me, I'll go ahead and say it since he's my number two, but Dusty to me is one of those guys that brought you into the TV as a kid. Not You couldn't maybe just go to the next show that he was going to be at, but you felt like you were there with him when he would bring you in and look here, daddy, you know, fuck it like a monkey, that kind of thing. I'm not going to pretend I can do a Dusty Rhodes impersonation. Although I can do a pretty good Kamala, you know, (laughs) but, but Dusty, I'm never going to pretend I can do, but Dusty to me, not only they had him teaching a class in WWE of promos, you know what I mean? I mean, if if you can teach a class on promos and and you're one of the greatest of all time, I mean, to me, God, bro, I, I just think he was so represented of a certain type of pro wrestling fan being yeah. that 90% of the wrestling fans probably were more like Dusty in his promos. Hard times, daddy. You know, they they send you out the door and kick you in the ass and hand you a, a watch, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing that horribly, but long story short, you know, Dusty's promos. And, and the funny thing was, is he would go up against Ric Flair. And so, you know, the two most 
powerful people in that promotion are so different. And, it, you know, a lot of people would compare them to Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. You had, you know, the the working man kind of hardworking, you know, not necessarily got a lot of money kind of thing, even though I'm sure Larry Bird was loaded. Then you also had Magic Johnson, who was kind of flashy and talked a lot, you know, so... Anyway, Dusty Rhodes is so awesome, and honestly, he he could be the greatest promo guy of all time, and I just put him at number two, so what am I going to do? <laughs> this, this really uh, kind of trips me out. If he is your number two, I have a feeling I know who your number one is. Before I we go into that, obviously, we're going to give my number two, which would mean that my number two is not even on your list, and I really have a um, I don't say I have a problem with it, but I'm really going to question you on this. So my number two is the rock. Um, yeah. Yeah. the guy that I wrestled, uh, like I said, whether he put it in his book or not, the first people that he wrestled in Memphis were the cyberpunks. And I've told the story before I called a spot, went to give him a hip toss, put his arm down, did like a cartwheel and landed on his back. And I walked over to Jamie and I said, they said this was Rocky Johnson's son, right? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And I said, this motherfucker sucks. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and look at him now. He's the fucking biggest paid action star in fucking the world right now. And uh, everything he touches seems to turn to gold, except for Black Adam, apparently. Um, although I did like the movie. I, I like all the comic book movies, you know me. But, Definitely. Uh, Stuff, man. You smell. He had all the catchphrases. Everybody would say it with him, just like they did with Austin. Um, just during that time, when that's kind of how it worked, the people would say your shit with you. I don't think they do it as much anymore. You know, the signs and, and all that's kind of faded. That yeah, yeah. And that's weird to me. I wonder why that faded away. But um, that's the rock. It's, I mean, his shit was, it was electrifying, man. I mean, the, the way he delivered it, and I, I know, and I have a feeling, if he's not on your list, you're going to say it's because he had somebody writing for him. But at the same time, man, I don't care. You can write the greatest shit in the world. You can write the greatest angles in the world. If you can't fucking go out there and execute, then it don't fucking matter, you know? You're right. You're right. There's nothing I can disagree with that, and you did do my counter-argument there. But he is, <laughs> if there's a number 11, he's definitely my number 11, but I know that doesn't count because this is a top 10. But yeah. yes, all my number 10 through 1, now I don't know for sure about Stone Cold, but I feel like 10 through 1, they wrote their own, man. And I yeah. feel like part of a talker is that you wrote your own. But again, hey, I don't know. Time I just change, though. That's the thing. Sure. And, I, you cannot deny and, and no. part of the, the the reason behind my list again and as with the other list that we've done also you have to bring into uh, account the how over they were and how much money they fucking drew oh sure because yeah. of like skills or because of their you know whatever we've done top tens on finishes whatever you you got to bring some of that into uh, I think you have to bring that into account and there's there's no doubt man that dude drew a shit ton of money and, and again the uh, quote and cheers everybody knows your name man yeah yeah and I, you know Wolfie D I I'm hard to disagree with you a lot of times I don't like to necessarily go too deep in the disagreement here but I will say this if he wrote his own stuff I would almost say he's number one he's the greatest of all time. But to me, I just could not downplay the fact that all these guys not only could do it, they could write it. And again, that's not what we're saying here. We're not putting top 10 bookers, top 10 writers. Yeah. We 
we're doing talkers. And in that is essence, yes, through the strictest terms, the rock is one of the greatest talkers of all time. But my point on the matter is, is that I just, I, I felt like my guys, you know, my list is, you know, a little better, but again, Hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but no. and I, I, if our number one's not the same, I'm literally going to shit my pants. Even yes. though I don't have any on right now, I'm in a robe. <laughs> I'm in my robe. You know, so I'll just, I'll shit on the floor then. <laughs> now, the analytics on this show skews about 96.4, okay? So it's 96% male, 4% female, okay? Now, again, I'm wondering how much of that 4% female is not just somebody using their old lady's account. But let's just pretend that 4% of our listeners actually are ladies. Ladies, you're welcome at any time. But there's only about 4% of our listenership that actually wants to hear that you don't have pants on. But (laughs) I'm just being stupid. You never know. You never know. Hey, it's a different way. It's 2023, right? Isn't that what they always say? So to lead into number one. You know, I was tempted to put Dusty at number one, but again, because of what he did for me as a childhood, but again, Hogan is in that same argument of childhood things. But what I thought of was the coolness of it. So what I want to do is since you and I feel pretty good about number one here, on the count of three, I want us to say or or sound out his since we feel like we're close on this, his catchphrase, his, you know, so are you cool with that? Yeah. All right. So three, two, one. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Gotta yeah. be. Yeah. Be the, the nature boy. And, and the thing is, he's, it, you know, say what you want about the last match pay-per-view and his performance in the ring. The motherfucker can still talk, you yeah. know, uh, it's 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 not what it used to be, but it, it don't have to be at that age. And yeah. this motherfucker gets he, he goes and hypes up NFL teams pregame and shit, you know? Yeah. His yeah. fucking uh, you know, hype up speeches, whatever you call that. Um and, and it's like this dude is he's a he's an icon. He's a pop culture icon, not just a wrestling icon, he's a pop culture icon. Yes. You can argue that with Hulk Hogan. Yes. Uh, but I do feel, you know, some of the uh, personal shit that's gone on with with Hogan, even though Flair's had some personal stuff, I think Hogan's hurt him more than Flair's hurt his, if that makes sense. Well, let me uh, ask you this, since you brought that up. Now, this is an analytical Jimmy right here, and I need analytical Wolfie. Do you feel like that Hogan doing wrong and Flair doing wrong, the reason it's forgiven that Flair did wrong is because he was a bad guy mostly. And Hogan was the train, say your prayers, eat your vitamins kind of guy. Do you feel like that they're okay with Flair having a little dog in him? But when it comes down to it, Hogan having real, that same dog, you know. Yeah. <laughs> What's the that? American can't have uh, uh, yeah. stuff like that. And you, you, you bring up a pretty good point there. And I didn't think of it that way. And and what I'm talking about is, and I know we're we're, we're talking about their mic skills, but I mean, how much can you say uh, other than woo or, you know, just right. it is shit and Rolex wearing, you know, all that kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing. I mean, everybody knows that shit. Yeah. So not a whole lot we can say about how great he was other than he's our number one on probably most people's lists. 
And I know there's some arguments about his in-ring. You've seen one flair match. You've seen them all. Okay. Uh, doesn't take away from the fact that he talked them in the fucking building. Totally. I mean, and totally. still does at whatever age he is. I can't remember the exact number. Uh, but it was proven. I mean, at that pay-per-view. Totally. Motherfuckers will come out and see him, man. And they knew. I mean, yeah, there was some criticism of, of his performance. But if you came there thinking you were going to see his best match, you're a fucking moron. Right. He, you were coming to see the name, the person, Ric Flair, the nature boy. The, right. The, there's been other nature boys, but that's the nature boy. I don't care if he's first, last, or whatever. In between. He yes. is fucking nature boy, and people will come see him. People know him. And by God, if fucking, you know, NFL teams get hyped up listening to you before their game, you got fucking game. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. And that that is God. I mean, if you think about it, I think the Panthers, I live in Charlotte. The Panthers still use the woo after every touchdown. Ooh. And I and I know he hasn't lived in Carolina, but you know, he's part of Carolina forever. You know, yeah. North Carolina loves Ric Flair for always, even though he's lived in Georgia, Tampa and all this stuff. But And he was born in Hendersonville. Hendersonville, which is crazy if you think about it, because dude, have you heard that story about him? How he was yeah. basically like sold to he was part of a adoption ring. Right. That's crazy, bro. Like yeah. can you imagine like you're you just had a baby and then well, yeah, it would be crazy and it's a whole other thing if you just had a baby. <laughs> but let's just pretend like your 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 girl just had a baby and they tell her that the child is stillborn and then you leave the hospital thinking your child died and really the child lived and was sold to rich people and or or people who could afford the adoption money payment that was needed with it's crazy to think about you know wow yeah <laughs> but you know for story, man it's a crazy it is. Story. his life is a crazy story and that's why i mean i watched the uh the documentary uh, that's on peacock the day it came out and i, yeah. I love Oh, it was great. I don't watch a whole lot of stuff like that, but I definitely want that. Yeah, I mean, it was great. You know, he didn't like his 30 for 30, and so I think he got an opportunity to kind of fix some things. So, you know, I'm going to be a fan of Flair until I die, and that's just never going to change. And also the fact that I think Ric Flair is the greatest talker of all time, there's no question about that. And to have him on any lower on the rung would have been an absolute disservice to the man. Because if you think about it, Dusty, Dusty's promo was great until you started loving flair. And then once you love flair, that never changed, you know? So anyway, that's, that's, that's it, man. So the top 10 greatest talkers in pro wrestling, number one was Ric Flair. And that is a consensus. So (laughs) is that the first time we've had a, no, we've had number one on something else be the same. Right. Uh, Punchers, punchers. Yeah, punchers was the the lawler. But again, man, you know what a cool what a cool list. So had a lot of fun with that. Well, are you game for a little ask Wolfie anything? Yeah, just don't ask me if I got pants on or not. <laughs> DJ, hit the music. All 
right, we are back with Ask Wolfie D Anything. Love to talk a little more talkers here, but we got some asking to do. And so that leads to Wolfie being the talker. So, <laughs> so this one is actually pretty cool, man, because actually we've got one person asking all three questions. And no, it's not Bob Daniels. So... <laughs> I mean, we're we're going good here. So this is actually Facebook listener Brad Freeland, and he's got three bangers of a really? question. Yeah, so I'm just I hate that word. Please don't use that word ever again. Okay, show. he's got three because <laughs> I'm from what I understand, that has become a word in wrestling. Guys are using for good matches, and, and uh, just it doesn't sound good to me. Okay. <laughs> I'm not too I'm not too comfortable saying it anyway, so it's kind of <laughs> funny. That you, so we've we've gotten rid of that word. I like it. All right. So these are three decent questions here. So the these first are one three really good question. <laughs> what happened to really good? Why can't we just say awesome or really good? Yeah. Anyway, well, this awesome question is number one from again Brad Freeland on Facebook. Number one is the Billy Travis got arrested on live TV because his old lady saw him and called the cops because he owed child support is that a shoot or was that a work man um i don't know the answer to that although billy and i did get arrested for real one time together um i won't go into that but oh man billy worked us out of there i'll tell you that billy worked us out uh it was really funny man i'm not gonna tell you why we ended up there long story this is in nashville and we're in the fucking uh like the intake or whatever. And all of a sudden Billy's like coughing and gagging and shit. And he's like, ah, pepper spray. You, 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 don't you smell that? And I'm like, no, <laughs> but he's trying to get me to go along with it. Yeah. And one of the cops was actually like selling it too. And like got us out of there and back onto the streets. He left. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was some crazy shit. It was some crazy shit. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm not really sure about that story. Um, Have you heard that story before, though? uh, Vaguely. And I feel like if it was a shoot, they wouldn't have put it on TV. Yeah. I don't think. But, you know. But also, think about it. If they're going to see it, it's going to happen. Don't you almost think like what I've heard is like that, you know, basically she saw that he was on TV and called the cops because of back child support or whatever. I mean, but that did happen to Jamie, though, from <laughs> my uh, my ex. She called the cops on Jamie to get at me because she thought we was off doing something else that we never. Right. And uh, you were just eating his up. mom's spaghetti, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and we were. And then we went to the show and the cops showed up there because she did call because she knew he was behind on child support and they arrested him there. Got had my partner arrested because she was mad at me. Unbelievable. Oh my God. That's cold hearted right there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But you know, what's funny is you said that you always had the crazy one and Jamie goes, them's the best. Those are the best <laughs> ones. <hell."> <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that that's well, okay, Brad, sorry, we can't answer that, but maybe we'll just say that probably probably a work because they put it on TV, right? So anyway, okay. So the next one is, (laughs) I don't know if you want to answer this one, honestly, but maybe you should. Which town had the best rats in the Memphis territory? (laughs) Louisville, Louisville. Louisville, Louisville. (laughs) 
hoping that Diamond Sparkles isn't listening. Anyway, so. <laughs> that was, I didn't know her then. Yeah, fair enough. Exactly. Good point. So that that's just, is that something that's well known in the territory or was that just <laughs> your opinion? It's personal opinion for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got you. I got you. Is there something that, let me, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, it's like almost 2023 now. So to elaborate too much is okay, but you know, what would make them the best? I think the, oh, for me, the, the chicks that I, um, messed around with were just a lot better looking yeah okay maybe cooler too like cooler yeah cooler and also uh you know (laughs) (laughs) performance never mind all right so we're saying louisville i'm with you man let's go with louisville good good town for the sponsors was gone crazy i mean i i've the mention of going to Louisville, I'm like, Ugh. no thanks. <laughs> Everything's going down in Louisville now. Yeah, yeah. But hey, 92, 93, let's go, right? I feel some sort of responsibility for it because it's all the little uh, PG 13 looking things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, let me ask you this about the Rizat here. So, <laughs> would there be, okay, let's just say this would there be regulars? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Would your regulars ever have issues with regulars? Of course. Of course. That's chicks. Yeah. So that, so the, the, so I can almost see that leading to positive and negative options there in certain instances. There wasn't a whole lot of negative, really. (laughs) A whole lot of negative. Okay. All right. Well, I don't want to go too further into this, but I I like the answer to that. So, yeah, Brad, we're going with a resounding Louisville. So, (laughs) all right. So, before you move on, I'll say this. There was a point in time where I was ready to move to Louisville. I'll just put it that way. So, okay. Okay. That good, huh? That's a, that's always good. So anyway, all right. Well, number three on Ask Wolfie D Anything is what was the typical week like in the USWA loop? You know, like just kind of, let's say from the beginning to end, what what was your normal loop like? Well, depending on where you lived. And I lived in the middle, which was right. kind of the best place to be because you could come home. Uh, like if you lived in Memphis, okay, so Monday night, you're at home. Yeah. Uh, and then the next day, you got to drive six and a half hours to Louisville, which sucked balls. Sure. But lived in Nashville, you go to Memphis on Monday, three and a half hours, three and a half hours home, get up the next morning, go to the gym. You still got time because it's only two and a half to Louisville from there. Uh, go to the show. Uh, Evansville was the next night. And you had the choice of staying in Louisville. Or come back to Nashville two and a half hours, get up the next day. And, and Evansville was only a little over two hours on Wednesday. So you could still come back home to Nashville and go to uh, Evansville, come back home again. And the next day, if there was a spot show, it was normally uh, up around Louisville or Evansville, maybe not that far or you know somewhere around in that area. Sometimes there wasn't a show on Thursdays, just depends. And then Friday, more than 99% of the time, was going to be somewhere close to Memphis because you had to be at TV the next morning. So you'd stay the night uh, in Memphis on a Friday night, get up, do TV, uh, 
go eat uh, some dinner, maybe go to the gym, whatever, and then go to Nashville um, for a Saturday night show. And then you're back home in Nashville, you know, go home and chill out on a Sunday. You got Sunday to yourself and then Monday started or, all over again. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a period of time. We didn't, I wasn't long, uh, you know, a few months or something, I think, but, uh, I forget why, but they wanted me to run the, the USWA school that was in Nashville. So, uh, I think it was like at noon or one o'clock I'd go up to the fairgrounds, uh, and run that sometimes at the fair, like the, uh, Jonesboro was once a month on Saturday night because Nashville has the, uh, flea market or had the flea market there. Uh, so we didn't run. We only ran three out of the, the month in Nashville. Uh, and then, so you do Jonesboro and if the school on Sunday, uh, if it, the flea market was there, the ring had to be taken out and they put up the ring at Jerry Jarrett's house outside <laughs> on the, on up by his barn and it was hotter than a motherfucker out there. So. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So that's that's basically it. You were you're averaging uh, fifteen hundred, two thousand miles a week. Yeah, and then started all over again the next week, right? So right. now, were there monthly spot shows, or did they go weekly sometimes? Like, did somebody run a monthly spot show, or was it mostly they tried to run them weekly? Or I mean, uh, they really didn't run them weekly. Um, I don't really. It, it might have been kind of like a monthly thing. I never really paid attention uh, to that. I don't guess, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of repetitive towns. And those Friday night towns usually suck balls, man. Buddy Wayne shows. He, was, right. he relied on the TV for his advertising. And oh, I'm sure. Yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't uh, you know, work the town, as they say. And, right. And fucking garbage. Yeah, and that sucks to think about, too, because if you think about a guy just using the TV, that means he's not doing anything at yeah. all. You yeah. Know? So. I had a Thursday night show. That would more than likely be Eddie Marlin, or I think there was a few other people that they they used every now and then to promote a show, or you know, worked in conjunction. And those would usually be good. Yeah, uh, but yeah. pounds, but he didn't. Yeah, did what? When did Jonesboro come into perspective on things? Uh, Jonesboro was around way before me. Um, yeah, I mean, what I mean is like in the perspective of the week. When was oh, that? just once a month. Uh, like I said, is that is that what you mean? On a Saturday, yes, yes, a exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated Good. that one too because then that meant uh, after you know you had just done TV that morning, then you fucking dick around all day. You know, hotel usually you know kicks you out at uh, you know noon or whatever. So then you gotta just find something to do, dick around before you gotta get to the building in Jonesboro, and then that adds another hour and a half on top of the three and a half to get from Jonesboro, you know, to Memphis and back to Nashville. Yeah. I hated that fucking trip. I hated oh, I'm it. sure. I'm sure. Yeah. That's brutal. Now tell me this. Did a lot of them, I mean, I know King lived in Memphis. Did, did King ever also live in Nashville as well? Or did he always stay in Memphis? Uh, I mean, not while I was around. He's always in Memphis. Yeah. Now I know the Jarrett's of course lived in Nashville or Hendersonville, as they say, but who were some of the other guys that lived in Nashville as well? Nashville was me, Randy, Jamie, sometimes <laughs> yeah. uh, for a bit. Um, Chris Michaels, because he worked USWA a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Frank Morrell, um, Paul Neighbors, 
Moondogs. Um, shit, I'm trying to think. Uh, Doug was in between. Doug lived in between Nashville and Memphis, exactly in the middle of Lexington. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tommy, when he would come in, he would stay. His mother lived in Nashville. Uh, so he would stay either with Doug or Nashville or in Memphis, whatever. But I mean, he would, I guess, I don't want to say he'd, because he'd never lived in Nashville um, while I was there. But like I said, his family did. So yeah, there, that makes there sense. Was a whole lot of us at that point. Yeah. Most yeah. of the guys from Memphis. Yeah, that makes sense. And a lot of the, you know, to me, that makes total sense to live in Nashville, especially when you're working that loop all the time, because yeah. that's just puts you in the middle of everything a lot more than that six hour drive to Louisville sounds horrible, man. So, but also, you know, one more thing really before we wrap this up, what was your absolute favorite play? Was it the Coliseum or was it, was it, Mem- or was it Louisville? Was it Mid-South? What was your absolute favorite place to work? Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. my home. Right, of course. Watch wrestling, you know what I mean? Totally, totally. Yeah. Now, okay, now, what was your least favorite place to work? Even if Everybody is the same, Evansville. Evansville, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What what was it that you didn't like? Just the trip? The town sucked. I mean, it it was very hard to draw in in Evansville. Very hard. Was it always like that before you even? I, I, I think I had heard that, it, you know, I mean, there was the fucking glory days. But even when we had, you know, even when we were popping the fucking territory, Evansville still sucked. I mean, yeah. it just did. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, is there anything we're missing out of the typical week looked like in the loop of, of the USWA yeah. loop? No, nah, that was pretty much it, man. Just uh, it was just get up and. Do you think it was just like having a, a regular job? You worked it fucking five, six days a week. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, that's that sounds like a blast. But anyway, that was pretty much it for Ask Wolfie D. Anything. Thank you, Brad, for asking all of our questions. It's, it's always good to get them all in a row in one person. So appreciate that, man. Keep them coming. And, you know, I say, you know, Wolfie, we talked about the greatest talkers today, and I'm not on that list. And I, I didn't, unfortunately, we didn't have you on the list. But Oh, but we had Jamie. We just didn't have uh, I get it. We, Thank you. Yeah, sorry. Well, anyway. <laughs> Debbie Dundee is coming next week, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. But why don't you go ahead and take us out, brother? All right. Thank you guys once again for listening to us uh, talk shit. And uh, hope it, uh, you know, I've often wondered what are y'all doing when you listen to us? I think I've said that before. But are you driving to work? Are you are you just chilling? Are you at the gym? What are, what are you doing when you listen to us and hear about me having no pants on? Just wondering. <laughs> So anyway, guys, have a good week, and we'll catch you again next Monday or whatever day you choose to listen to us. Live and in color with Wolfie D and Jimmy across the street saying, see you later. And now a word from our sponsor. gentlemen welcome to give me back my pro wrestling the podcast that's based on the old school but can still help you find the good stuff from today jimmy street and the plastic chic jared are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world 
From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Shane from Insane Shane's World. I release wrestling figures of enhancement talent, mid-card wrestlers, and wrestlers that you never thought would have a figure available. So if you're interested in adding a really cool and rare figure to your collection, then don't hesitate to contact me at shamtheman73 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-M, the man, 73 at gmail.com. You can also join my Facebook group. Just search Insane Shane's World. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. I got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. And here we go. The original white.
boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth, still lobbing in color, rum rush your mother, utilize a hubcap, I'm like any other, back in the day, I was N.O.D., and I was P to the G, plus the one and the three, in case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D, been cloned and copied so many times, tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine, you know who you are, without me name dropping, wrestling's first white boy coming out hip-hopping, been doing it like this since 92, played low for a while, and you thought I was through, listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected, this shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected, mad skills, no faking, there is no one great, cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later, not here to play games, so you better be real, you don't like me, so and I can't be stopped You said to step to the side Unless you wanna get dropped When I finish I'll straight knock you out Please allow me to tell you What it's all about I'm gonna wind it up Then I'm driving it home It's Ruby D, baby Huh I got a cap for your dome You got a cap for your dome You got a cap for your dome You got a cap for your dome This has been a James Rock Street production.